Welcome to Fireproof Your Retirement, a show with 30 minutes of real questions, real concepts, and real answers. Your hosts are Michael and Vanessa Markey, a husband and wife duel with a playful on-air dynamic and common sense approach toward teaching listeners how to take control of their finances. Michael is the numbers and strategies guy who is passionate about solving financial issues. The standard deviation, I mean, I talk about standard deviation as well, but they talk about the, the beta, the alpha, the standard deviation of the particular uh, mutual fund allocation that we're looking at. Vanessa is the down-to-earth voice of reason, pulling his reins in. Okay, but your $5,000 couch isn't going to turn around and pay for something if you have a catastrophic event. This philosophy has led Michael and his firm, Legacy Financial Network, to receive national recognition from being named one of the 10 most innovative agencies in the country by AM Best, to being deemed a local celebrity from Insurance Newsnet magazine and a hero to the insurance industry from Life Health Pro. He has even been given the Moving America Forward Award from William Shatner. And now, here are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa Markey. What was your favorite movie growing up? Time period. Okay. Growing up. I don't need to hear, well, when I was in high school. No, growing up. like Wedding a Crashers was a great movie. Okay. Well, we're not talking about Wedding Crashers, nor would it be appropriate right here. Growing up. I don't know. Knee high to a grasshopper. Bambi. Really? Bambi. Yeah. What do you mean, yeah? Well, my grandpa gave me the thumper bunny when I was born. Is That's not like a hidden meaning for beat you with a wire hanger, is it? No, the the stuffed animal bunny. When I was born, I got that. You've oh. seen it. It still is in our room. The one that you've torn its tail off? How can you like Bambi? The mom dies in the first 30 seconds and gets made into hamburger. I like bunnies. You want to <laughs> know what my second favorite one was? Yes. Sleeping Beauty. You want to know why? I, I like the mean lady. Okay. You're asking me questions <laughs> and then answering my point is, though, when you were a kid and you watched Bambi's mom die over and over and over, that didn't stop you, did did it? No. You could watch it two, three, four times in a day, just like any other kid. Like our kids, what is it? Sing, wah, ends. Dad, can we play it again? Fine. Sing, dad, when it ends, can, can we play it again? Boom. Hold on. You're not even home for it. You don't listen to it over and over and over again in the car, taking them to school. I think I could probably sing that entire movie. Go for it. No. But I do press the play button and I get them loaded up for you. My point that I'm making here is that watching the innocence of a child is kind of neat. They'll play that same movie over and over and over and hope, pray that what they know will happen won't. That the bad thing won't happen this time. They hope for it. And even though they know it's not the case. You know what? I think we do that in finance sometimes. I think we know what's going to happen in our heart of hearts. We can feel it. And then we still make the bad, we still make the wrong decisions sometimes. Yeah? Yeah. Well, welcome everyone to Fireproof Your Retirement. I am your host, Michael Markey. With me, my wife, my confidant, the little spice to my chili. That work? Sure. Vanessa. Hi, everyone. Excited to be here. We both are. We've got a great show today. I would like to point out, by the way, my mother went to Titanic five times in the theaters expecting the ship not to sink. I almost had to hit the <laughs> dump button there. It's a good thing I heard you, you really emphasized the ship right. not to sink. Really? Five times? Yes. My mother went five times. Isn't that and movie she like... also expected Jack not to die. Spoil alert for anybody who's never seen that movie. It is almost 20 years old. Is it? Well, yeah. how long? That thing's what? Four hours long? Three so she spent the better part of a day 
watching Titanic. And by now, I'll bet you she's got more than a day invested in Titanic at this point. Probably. Are you judging that? No, I'm just doing some quick mental calculations. Okay. Anyways, I digress. This is the show where we like to have fun, but we want to change people's lives. It really is our passion that, you know, life is hard enough as it is. There are stressors and there are wedges. And one of those big wedges is money. And money, you know what? Can you tell me any problem that money has ever made better? No. Well, other than your cell phone gets shut off, money makes that better. But other than paying your bills, money doesn't make any problems better. But it makes all the problems that I can think of worse. The lack of money makes all the any problem I can think of worse. So we hope to teach you guys, teach people about money differently so we can change people's lives by changing the way they look at money. Um, we had a question come in this week. Do Can I leave the same amount? No, I'm doing that wrong, aren't I? They asked us, can I leave one kid in my will? Can I give one kid more money than the other kid? Technically, yes. It's one of those, it's technically, yes, you can. Technically, I could probably do 500 push-ups. Technically, yes, you can, but then your kids are probably going to be fighting about it. I I give you credit for not challenging that because I did have a comeback to my 500 push-ups, which would have been over 500 days. I could do 500 push-ups. But yeah, they're going to, death doesn't bring families together. Death tears families apart. And people, I don't care if they're 60 years old, when somebody passes, they become the 18-year-old immature, self-centered. Who deserves it better than the other one because they did this or they did that. You know, and here, let's let's walk down this path together. I think, you know, we just gave some generalities. Let's imagine that we've got three kids. Well, I mean, you and I, we, we've got right. three kids. So that's kind of hard to imagine. But we're, we're going to be like an imaginary person right now. And they've mm-hmm. got three children. Mm-hmm. And they go, I got two kids doing really, really well. So they don't really need my money. But I would like them to have something. But I got one kid, boy, Mike, he needs it. Him and his family or, you know, they're, they're struggling. And I think they need it more than the other two. That's probably pretty co- For a lot of people listening right now, that might be hitting a little close to home. Right. If you got three kids, let's say that the one that's struggling, you give them, let's go with 60%. And the other two get 20% each. So that's 100%. Mm-hmm. 20, 20, and 60. Mm-hmm. That kid is struggling right now. Now, as a parent, it's easy to say that it's not their fault. Fault. They didn't make bad decisions. The world just handed them a raw deal. deal. You know what, though? If you were counseling a friend, if you could step outside of your own shoes, you would probably admit that, you know, maybe they're in this financial hardships because they didn't maybe work as hard in school as what they could have. They didn't work extra jobs while you watched the other children do that. They didn't do that. They made some decisions they shouldn't have. It doesn't make them a bad person, but it's their outcome is a reflection to some extent of what they did. I mean, is that probably fair? I, I know that's not true with every situation, but as a general gen, generality, that's probably okay to say. Yeah, I would say to an extent. So you give this one child 60%. The other two aren't happy with you. What kind of emotions do you think the other two are going through? Resentment. At who? 
the sibling that got all the money. Right. And you, but you probably don't but you're care because you're not going to be here. Well, but I think then they reflect that back to that sibling because they're angry and, and people don't deal with death well. And so they're going to put it on to whoever they can. But watch this. A child that's already made some bad decisions. Hopefully they make good decisions going forward. But what if they make another bad decision? What if they follow the statistic that says most inheritance um, are squandered? Within a year. Yeah. Can you imagine that? You're sitting here going, I can't believe my brother Billy got three times what mom left me. And then what? It's gone. Poof. Gone. Boy, that would, I mean, you're talking about you're creating emotions that don't need to be created. And then on top of that, now it's going to get magnified if they do anything but anything other than perfection with those dollars and those other siblings, their resentment, I think is the word you used. Yes. Will be magnified. Let's take a quick break and then we'll be right back. Every great day has a beginning and every bad day has an ending. Many of you will start and finish each day in your bathroom. Have you ever noticed that when you go to a new hotel, the thing you want to see most is how nice your bathroom is. You'll take a look at the shower, the shower door, the glass, the handles, the hinges. Let my friends, my family, the pros at City Glass and Mirror, they've been here for over 50 years now. Let them design your dream bathroom. Let them help you start each day and end each day in your oasis. They can design it with vision and passion and they will give you an accurate quote. They won't give you a low quote just to try to win your business because they want you to be happy. Give them a call at 616-842-3740, 616-842-3740. Visit them on the web at cityglassgh.com, at cityglassgh.com, or again, give them a call, 842-3740. I wanna thank everyone for joining us again today. You're listening to Fireproof Your Retirement. Before the break, we talked about what happens if you want to leave one child more money. Um, and we said how that's going to create some bad emotions. And I don't see, can you think of anything good that would come out of leaving one more than another? Not off the top of my head. So let's imagine that you still want to go down that road. It can be done. I would strongly suggest, though, that if you want to really leave more to one than another, you leave Give them more either through a contract, such as a life insurance contract or an annuity contract, because those death benefits are hard to overcome. They're hard to take in front of a judge, in front of, um, in a, you know, for an estate purpose, and get them to overturn that. If you can't or it doesn't make sense to use life insurance or annuity contract, then get a trust and talk to an attorney who's gone through this. From my experience, I don't see anything good that comes from that. Even though the one needs it more, they're probably likely to squander it. Now, one way we could accomplish this, though, would be to give one more, but give them it in a series of payments. So the two kids, let's say we got 100000 The two that you say don't really need it, give them a lump sum. They get their 20%, but it's twenty grand, but they get it right away. Right. The one that you're telling me who needs it, which means they're probably not familiar with it, give it to them in a series of payments. Maybe it's $2,000 a year um, for 30 years. What that does is that's going to take some of that resentment 
out of the picture because they're going, well, I got my 20 grand up front and Billy here, who's going to waste it anyway, has to wait. Exactly. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Another question we got, though, and I think it was asked to you was, as we get close to retirement, what if I'm unhappy? What if I have made do with my marriage all these years, fought through the, the high school years and all that just to get basically the kids out of the house? Now I'm getting close to retirement. Can I afford to get divorced? I guess my response is, are you really going to base that decision off of money? Well, like so many of the responses, we're saying that people want to focus on the wrong thing when it comes to money. Okay, well, you've been miserable, apparently, up until this point. Your sole decision for staying in said miserable relationship is how much money am I going to have if I walk away from it? I mean, Mm -hmm. not going to make you happy either way. Right. I think it, boy, This I'm going to step out on a ledge that I probably shouldn't right now. You know, I think if you're asking that question, though, and you're saying that the other person is the problem, I think you got to look at yourself. If you're wondering, will I have enough money if I get divorced? Yeah. I mean, that's a natural thing probably for somebody to wonder. But if you've been not doing it for a really long time, just because you're saying, well, I don't know if my Social Security will be good enough. That's saying that you've probably got your priorities. If you're staying with somebody because of the money, you... In my opinion, I'm not judging you. I'm just saying from my novice opinion, you've got your priorities in the wrong order. Which could be part of the reason why your marriage isn't going so well because your priority is not your marriage. And maybe you're really not unhappy with them, but you're unhappy with something else. You're unhappy with something internally with yourself. I don't know. Didn't necessarily mean to go down that, that road to that degree. But if that does happen, Can you get spousal benefits if you get divorced? What happens to that Social Security? You can still right now. It depends on when you were born. Um, But you can still, if you were 62 years old by the end of 2015, so if you were 62 years old by the end of 2015, you can still at your full retirement age, which for most of, well, for anyone who turned 62 by end of 15, their full retirement age is going to be right at 66. So for them, if they want to take a spousal benefit, they can actually do so if they're, even if their spousal benefit is less than their own, as long as they do it at their full retirement age. And it's been at least two years. The divorce has to be final for two years because there's a caveat. You don't, your old spouse doesn't have to be collecting benefits for you to take a spousal on them. What if they're married again? Doesn't matter. And it actually doesn't affect your old spouse's benefits or your old spouse's new spouse's benefits off of their record. Did that? Your ex's new husband, for lack of a better. That was a far easier way to say it than I said it. So here's, I mean, talk about what a, when people go, social security's going broke because we took all these, you know, the government robbed it. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. But I'm going to tell you, if that's what you believe, I'm getting the head going back and forth. Don't do it. No. You know what, though? Do a quick Google search and, and siphon out the the fake news sources on that. It's not exactly what you think. But you want to talk about how it's going broke? Let's imagine this. Let's say that we've got Bob. And Bob gets divorced from Mary three years ago. Okay? Mm-hmm. Mary um, never worked. So Mary takes a spousal benefit, which is one half of Bob's benefit, one half of what Bob gets at his full retirement age, regardless of when he takes it, OK? 
Okay. So let's say Bob should get two grand. So Mary's collecting a thousand bucks. Okay. Bob collects on his benefits, gets married again. Now we got Judith. Really? Judith? <laughs> Good old I don't know. Judy. Judith. She now can collect a spousal benefit off Bob as well. So we got Judith pulling out a thousand. We've got Mary pulling out a thousand. We got Bob pulling out two grand. Now watch this. Bob dies. I'm not pointing any fingers at either Judith or Mary, but now they each qualify for a survivor benefit, which is Bob's full benefit. Now that's going to be if those benefits are greater than their own. Um, if Mary's spousal benefit is less than her own, she's going to have to take her own benefit. The Social Security, if you're if you're taking benefits, Social Security says you got to take the bigger of the two, unless unless what I said earlier. She was 62 by the end of 2015. Then she can, if she waits and does it the right way, then she can actually take her spousal benefit, even though it's let, even though it's less than her own. She can take that, let her own benefits sit, and then they continue to grow. They increase, and they increase at a pretty big rate. Do you know what that is? No. That didn't mean that. I don't know. I just, but anyway, I have no idea. It's eight percent a year. So what you're saying is Mary came out on top. Well, <laughs> remove any sexual innuendos from that, and yes, I do. So that's 32% increase to her benefits by waiting. And she got to take the spousal benefits at the same time. And what do we say? Judith could Judith. be pulling them out at the same time. So there's a lot to this rule. It's a new, well, it's an old rule with a, a new twist to it, some qualifications. But definitely, I can't encourage people um, this enough. If you are at the point where this might apply to you, you got to go see somebody who deals with this all the time. Don't go talk to somebody who goes, yeah, I can look it up. Now, you want somebody who this is what they do. They're passionate about it. I don't know how people can call themselves a retirement planner and not talk about Social Security. It doesn't make sense to me, but we do it all the time. I'll bet you, I challenge anybody to say they do more educational um, activities for people in West Michigan than what we do. We do almost 100 events a year to teach people about Social Security. They fill up quick. So give us a call, 616-589-4004. It's 589-4004. Let's try to get you in. Um, if no one answers, it's busy, or it's after hours, then leave a message. They will call you back. If it's full, I apologize. We'll get you into one, though. But we don't want 300 people in a room and no one you know, able to ask a question. Or if everyone asks questions, then we're going for three and a half hours, like the Titanic or whatever it may be. The movie, not Still the... Still a good movie. <laughs> but go online, if and if you want, go online at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. That's LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. Mike Markey is full of information, but as you probably already know, he gets so excited to give out that information that he speaks at about 900 words per minute with gusts up to 1,300. Now's your chance to get that information at your own pace. Mike has written a book called Fireproof Your Retirement, which can be found on Amazon. It covers many of the same topics we cover during the show, including income planning, asset allocation, gifting, taxes, and much more. As you know, Mike is all about paying it forward. That is why 100% of the proceeds go to local fire departments. Once again, that's Fireproof Your Retirement by Michael Markey, which can be found on Amazon.com. 
All right, and welcome back, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for being with us. We're always excited and humbled that you guys tune into our show. Let us talk to you. It's It really is a pleasure. This is Fireproof Your Retirement, and I am your host, Michael Markey. With me, my wife, Vanessa. Do you know what grinds my gears? A lot of things, but what is it today? What do you mean a lot of things? The list would be hmm, one page, double-spaced maybe. Anyways, what is on your mind today? I like generic foods. I think it's a great thing to get kids, and even as adults, although Peter Pan may not be generic peanut butter. but Every all, time. All seriousness. Every time. I like generic foods. It saves so much money in the budget. Do you know one of the worst, I mean worst, horrible, not good when it comes to generic foods? Mac and cheese. You guessed it. How did you know? That's exactly what I was going to say, and we didn't even rehearse that. Because you're kind of a mac and cheese word I can't say on the air. <laughs> connoisseur, I think, is the word. that that You can say connoisseur. I don't have to do uh-huh. the dump button on connoisseur. But no, it really. I mean, you don't save a lot going... Snob. Mac and cheese snob. I'm telling you right now, I am a fan of telling people to use generics. Do not buy generic mac and cheese it's chalky i don't care what you add to it it doesn't taste good the cheese i don't even it says it's an american cheese maybe american from 1930 it's not good it's not worth the money so anyways and you save five cents a box you gotta eat 20 boxes just to save a buck again so anyways i want to share a story i was meeting with a couple this week And it really bothered me as we discussed where they were at. The wife was almost in tears. You make people cry a lot. It does. I, I, you know, it's like, I believe not that we meant to go this direction, but I really do believe in a, in a, in the Holy spirit and that I I can't take credit for things. There's times that I'm just talking and this won't surprise anyone, but I'm just talking, and all of a sudden it's like these words that I wouldn't have thought of just come out, and their their eyes get big, they well up, and they're like, "How did you know that?" I'm like, "I don't know." What? What? That that made sense because that didn't make sense to me, but it made sense to you. So good, let's move forward. But she, you know, this lady, her eyes start welling up, and she and there she's in tears because she's got fibro and she's been having a hard time working. And the husband goes, you know what? Let me step in. He said, you know, I didn't ever, I never really knew my father, and I, and my mother, th- there was problems there. So I, I vowed that when I got married, that I, I was going to take, you know, no matter what, this was on me. I would take care of my wife, my family, and so he's been working two jobs for six or seven years now. Every now, he said every day. In my mind now, I didn't ask, and I don't know if it would have been appropriate. So every day, you mean every day but Christmas, Thanksgiving, and Easter. I don't think that would have gone over well. But every single day for the last six, seven, maybe eight years. So much so that he had one day off like a week or a couple weeks ago, and he's like, I I didn't even know what to do. I was so lost. (laughs) As I'm telling you this story, and they've got maybe... 30, it was like 500 bucks in savings and checking. I mean, money in, money out. They're delinquent on some debts. How would you, as I tell you that, 
Would you think of this as a couple with that would have retirement savings? No. They're still putting away. I mean, credit work, credit too. That's cool that they're still putting away. But how backwards have we made this? How screwed up have we made this industry? That the very, open up basic financial, I'm, by, by the way, am I yelling at them? I'm deaf. Am I yelling at them? No, you're not. This is what disappoints me. This is what aggravates me about our industry. You open up a basic financial principles book that they train us with. And you know the very first chapter? Checking and savings. Emergency funds. Yes. I'm, I'm mad right now. I am. I'm kind of ticked off. I don't know if I can say that, but it's already out there. Because here's a couple. He's working as hard as he possibly can. Her body is falling apart, and she's now, a, a, I'm not going to say where, a, a job she hates that's killing her. It's breaking her body down. And you know what this advisor that they had told him to do? He goes, you can't afford another 08. You're right, Bob, George, whatever your name is, they can't. So he goes, we're going to reallocate you. And I go, so I look at, we'll call the client. George is the advisor. Bob is the client. I look at Bob. I go, Bob, what does that mean? He goes, I don't know. Yeah. He goes, I don't know. I said, so he said, you can't afford to lose that much again. What did he do? He goes, well, he bought something else. I go, what? He grabs out his statement. He goes, this. I said, what does that mean to you? And he goes, nothing. Yeah. I have no idea. I said, so in 08, how much did this lose? He goes, I don't know. I go, so are you better off right now with what you have than what you had? I hope so. Is his, is George's belief on an acceptable amount of loss the same as yours? What is that? Is that 30? Is it 20? Is it 40? He goes, I don't know. We didn't talk about that. How? I'm not mad at Bob. Bob doesn't know the questions to ask. If I go to the doctor and I got something wrong with me, I don't expect the doctor to expect me to ask all the right pertinent questions. I want him to ask me. Super glad we're driving separate. I am. I'm <laughs> fired up right now because we're doing this all the time. I meet people who are broke, that are wealthy, but broke. They're pinching every penny. They're working two jobs, three jobs. Some of them are paying the, all right, I gotta settle down, but they're paying the cars off for their children. They're paying college off for the kids. I'm okay with that. That's your money. That's your decision. But they're delinquent on these other things. And our industry, instead of stopping, pausing for one minute saying, hey, you know what? Why don't we put some money away? Because I've noticed something. You keep having these emergencies. That's called life. So if we plan for them first, then you don't have to put it on visa every time. And you don't have to go backwards every time. Imagine if right before he goes to retire, right before he goes to retire, we have a, you know, we don't even call it a crash. Now we call it a necessary correction on the upward movement of financial index. Imagine if that happens to that couple. Where are they? They're not retiring. No. She's staying working in a job that's killing her. He goes and becomes an Uber driver, whatever is the next newest craze by these millennials. I'm guessing whatever. Don't do this thing backwards. 
You need to have a plan B. You need to have emergency savings. We got to stop acting like nothing bad will ever happen or that if something bad happens, that all of a sudden life is going after us. That's just life. Bad things do happen, but so many good things happen first. You'll never be sorry at the end of the year they had money in cash. Have we, and it's not that we're perfect by any means, but we carry more cash. Most people think for being an advisor, you'd be like, oh, why would you have cash? You don't make anything on cash. Have we ever sat there at the end of the year and go, golly, you know, those extra dollars we could, did you see what Apple stock did? Did you see what Amazon did? Can you imagine how much more money we'd have right now if we had actually invested those dollars, not left them in a safe? No. No, because it made us feel secure. It made us, we knew we had a plan if things went bad. We knew that we could get by. And I hope that, oh, but I didn't just make everyone deaf. I am. But it can be done differently. Go to one of our workshops. Learn how to start focusing on income first. The happiest people I meet in retirement, you know what they have? Great incomes. I want to thank everyone for joining us again today. We are your hosts. And until next week, God bless. This has been Fireproof Your Retirement. For more information, contact Michael J. Markey Jr. of Legacy Financial Network. Call toll-free at 855-LF-NETWORK or online at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Mike Markey and Legacy Financial Network are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.